the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. As promised, he's always loaded for bear. He is Sam Stone. He joins us every Thursday. He is a man of many parts, but he is also a candidate for city council here in Phoenix. Election coming up in March uh, here in District 6, samstone.vote. That's the district from uh, it's the district I live in, but it's also the district in uh, in which we broadcast from. And uh, Sam, it's ha- it's good to have you here. There's a lot going on, man, and I want to I want to talk obviously about some local news, the governor's inauguration. I want to talk about an interesting issue with the cities and taxes and the ACLU. Uh, but let's start nationally. Uh, this is the the topic that's on everyone's uh, everyone's mind. Uh, we we don't have a functioning House of Representatives in and of itself. Maybe that can be seen as a good thing. I don't think we're looking very good though right now. We're not looking good at all, Seth. I mean, you know, here's the thing, and and I agree with the aim of the rebels, if you want to call them that, or the people that are opposing Kevin McCarthy. I understand what they're doing, but they are not articulating their position very well. You've got Dan Crenshaw all over TV blasting them, going, well, we're giving them everything they want. The truth is, look, this is a never-McCarthy group. And you had Jason Chaffetz go on Fox News a couple of days ago, the first day of voting, and say, look, I can guarantee you all 20 of these folks have horror stories from dealing with Kevin McCarthy. Um, The problem I have is that they're not being honest and just saying, we are never Kevin, and you have to choose someone else if you want our vote, period. Yeah, I have been the last few days trying to ask what the theory behind this is, other than personal peak of some kind or another. I think a lot of it is personal peak. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of it. Now, there's some differences, like Chip Roy has has been talking. He has a very specific list of aims that McCarthy won't grant, um, including an open amendment process and some other things. And I, but I don't think he speaks for all 20. I mean, no, Matt he, Gates he really is nominating Donald Trump today. Yeah, right. right. No, he speaks for himself. He's different than the rest of them. I agree. I, I just don't want to lump them all in and say this is all the same thing. Agreed. There, there's some of them that are doing this on very technical issues yeah. like Chip Roy. And then there's some who it appears to be just personal. And part of the problem I have with probably even some of my colleagues on 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 Salem radio uh, and certainly others some in the audience even who are saying well it's it's good to have a debate it's good to ventilate these things we're about openness i guess so if there is a point to the debate but also it seems to me the debate has been had and won several times. Andy Biggs ran in November, got 31 votes and lost. That might have been the first debate. And then what have we been doing since Tuesday? We have now gone into, what, nine rounds of this with the same outcome. You have a, well, I, I think it was you I, have us. You have an end and an answer to this debate by any measure. It seems I, to me. I the think it's over. It was a debate for two or three rounds. Okay. And now you've got to come up with a solution and just get to the end of this thing. And one of the things I keep saying is, look, all of these 20 that will that aren't voting for McCarthy need to come out and put in order their list of preferred speakers. And then you, you sit all 20 down together 
and you match those up. And if there's one person who's on all 20, um, you know, the highest, you know, give them kind of do like a point system. Sure, whatever. a consensus candidate um, of some take kind. The, you know, if there's only one, then take that one. If there's more than one, t- you know, go through those. And then take that to the rest of the members and say, hey, here's the one or two or three that they have agreed that, that they would That would be support. a way to go. We have now gone through four rounds of different people. Well, I mean, they're all just – Including this, now people no one has ever heard of. It's all just infighting right. now with them. I mean, I actually had uh, my campaign manager for my campaign, Jamie Kleschick, very bright young woman, actually had a great suggestion. No. And I'm, I'm not against the idea of bringing in someone from outside of right. Congress to right. serve in that role. If you do, you want someone who is a very good technician. Yeah. And um, her suggestion, I, I actually thought this was was smart. Was Trey, uh, uh, Trey Gowdy? Yeah, Trey Gowdy's great. I think I think the probably most important probably job want the job. Well, yeah, because I think the most important part of the job is fundraising. It is. This isn't a era like '95 or '96 where you can have someone like Newt Gingrich who can give world lessons on political philosophy. This job is not that anymore, and there is no one like that to do that anymore. Really, not. Not with this crowd. Well, one of the reasons I liked Gowdy was he's kind of one of the last throwbacks to that right. sort of policy-driven. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. Uh, there might be others. But, you know, the problem with the list that might be well, cold I mean, from the 20 gets, is every time they throw us a name, that name is supporting McCarthy. Right. <laughs> I mean, in, in Trump, I, I doubt Matt Gates got Trump's sign-off right. that he wants to do it. I mean, the guy said he's running for president. Right. He's not running for president while serving as Speaker of the House from a non-voting seat. I mean, <laughs> it's just not that. That's not there. I really did like when the talk popped up about Byron Donalds. Because yeah. um, it, it, folks know we, I have uh, a, a co-host a radio show on this station, That's also good. Breaking Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Congressman Donalds has been on our program twice, so friend of the program. Yeah. Um, we've talked to him. I got been say, in office a whole two years. <laughs> I know. I, I realize that, but I also realize he's a very dynamic African American leader. And here's the thing about that: the Speaker of the House, even in stories that don't feature the Speaker of the House, yeah. is in everyone's TV set. You sure. see Nancy Pelosi yeah. sitting up there, um, you know, looking like she's going to ride off in her broom, mm-hmm. um, and. Having a a African American Republican up there as that visual symbol every time a news story about Congress pops up would have real value. And I am not of the camp that says you have to be in Congress forever. I think to be speaker, I think fundraising is a key portion of it. My my not at least what I understand of Byron Donalds, he would actually probably be able to do the fundraising side of it. He's very good in person. The office itself already opens its own doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like you're starting from scratch, right? Right. Um, but what you well, want, you have to find someone who's willing to do it. It is a long, hard haul, and Kevin yeah. has seemed to be pretty good at it. Yeah. No, I mean that's a that that is. And your your buddy Chuck, who you do, he had a great piece on Substack this morning. He did, yeah, on Breaking Battlegrounds. He and I are, are slightly different on this one. Okay. He is more in line of okay, just get up, line up behind Kevin. He's got. You know, most of the votes yeah. just get this done. I don't disagree entirely, but I'm I am a little bit conflicted. In part because we've been through this with, you know, 2010, mm-hmm. get us Congress and we'll stop the spending. Mm-hmm. 2012, get us the Senate and we'll stop the Obama agenda. Yeah. You know, 20, 2016, get us the presidency. 
Well, we ended up getting them the presidency in both houses, and they did some things, but a lot of it ended up just being Trump acting on executive action, mm-hmm. which is a very mm-hmm. fragile thing, because obviously we're seeing now the next the president just throw it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and they didn't do what they promised. And I think for those 20, McCarthy is effectively a symbol of all those years of frustration. Sure. There's going to be more frustration, though, if we don't get down to work and actually take the win. I mean, I have a Samson doomsday scenario that I don't think is entirely implausible if this doesn't end soon. You know, I had uh, Schweikert uh, on the show the other day, and he said, you know, there's a lot more moderate Republicans in the House of Representatives than there are Freedom Caucus members. That's right. And, you know, these Democrats are routinely getting 212 votes for Jeffries. All they need to do is peel off about six moderate Republicans who have had it with all this yeah, stuff, and, and we that, end and up with a Democrat is, or very moderate liberal. That is now on the table. I think it's and, on the and table. And it's on the table as soon as tomorrow. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I don't think that I, – I, certainly it's it's by Monday. That's, to me, a likely possibility. And I, I think if you're the Republicans, you have to pull aside, go into caucus, and just straight up – you're going to have to be honest with yep. colleagues. Yep. We have to do business. We're going to do this. I mean, this is, this is now ugly and personal. Mm-hmm. And From a party that keeps telling us, why can't we be like Democrats and not have all these fights? <laughs> why can't we just unite and govern and take the win? <laughs> you know, there's some of that, too. There's a lot of that. Okay. All right. There's a lot of that. All right. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, I will say this about Crenshaw. I wish he didn't say what he said yesterday. No, I wish he didn't. I wish he just it was shut unnecessary. Up. Right now, yeah. he needs to just. People need to read the room a little bit. He needs to zip. Yeah. Zip it. I would agree with that, too. Um, I would agree with that. I, I'm too. not happy with what he said or a bunch of these others. Not, I a lot, not a lot of heroes here. No, I don't like airing this type of dirty laundry. Um, I, You know, at the end of the day, this speaks to. The nature of Republicans, you're always herding cats, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, Democrats have herd sheep. We herd cats. Yep. It just is what it is. That's and you're seeing this in Congress. But also, this comes down to having very few thought leaders mm-hmm. in Congress. That's right. Um, and a party that has been built for too many years now on just opposing things yep. rather than it's a great point rather than forwarding things. It's a great point. You know, in 1995, 96, when when the Gingrich Revolution took over, we got to go to break. But when they took over, you could name ten great congressmen. You could name twelve great congressmen. Uh, John Shattuck would have been one of them. He was here the other day, yesterday. Someone says, "Say, well, who are, who are the great ones?" Boy, it's it's after Jim Jordan. It's it, it's really kind of hard. I mean, yes, Donald's is great. Young but great. But he, he's got a ton of. I can't get to five in probably. front of him. I don't think I could name you five. It, great there's ones. a handful of others, okay. um, but they tend to be very niche. I yeah. mean, like Don Bacon, right. who's very good on uh, digital security right. issues right. because of experience in the military right. and in in. I like PSYOP. this Mike Gallagher. I should put in more words for him. This yeah. Mike Gallagher up in is he Wisconsin? I yeah. think. Yeah, I think I think he's all right. Let's talk. Uh, having done Speaker of the House, let's talk about our State House when we come back. Okay, <laughs> we're working our way down. We'll get to city council in a minute <laughs> Boy, it's, there's fun all over there's fun all over we'll be right back sam stone is my guest he is in studio samstone.vote uh if you want to check him out or help him out uh he is a candidate running he is my candidate running for city council hopefully yours as well that election takes place in March. You got a great uh, a great walk-in event happening this Saturday, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nine thirty Saturday morning in Awatuki. We're meeting at Pecos Park. 
Uh, so very easy. Just meet in the parking lot there. Uh, there's plenty of room for parking. Um, so we can all uh, gather up there and then head out and knock doors for a couple hours, just two hours. Come on out. It's going to be a beautiful morning, nice and crisp air. Get a little exercise. Knock some doors. We're done at 1130. We're going to go to cold beers and cheeseburgers afterwards, and I'm buying the first round. So, folks, I mean, I'm telling you. What's not to like? There's no way you're going to have a better Saturday morning than helping me get into the city council and drinking a free beer. And if you're not from Ahwatukee, um, it's a fun place. I like Ahwatukee. There's a lot of neat stuff going on. Ahwatukee is actually really booming right now. Um, I mean, it's really – there's a lot of excitement there. a lot of trepidation, I mean, frankly, from neighbors who have been a bedroom community yep. for a long time. Um, now you have the freeway on the south side of Ahwatukee. That's changing the nature of it. And I've heard rumblings, just a few rumblings, that uh, Grick, the Gila River Indian community, is looking at a, a potential development on the south side of the 202 which would be mixed-use residential and commercial, doing something like Mexico does, for instance, with land leases yeah. for homes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, Ahwatukee is about 80,000 homes. I've heard that could be an, a community the equivalent size of Ahwatukee. So as much as 80,000 homes could potentially go in there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. When I was growing up, Awatuki was a tennis court. That's all it was. It's a, it's a tremendous area. All right. We'll get back to you know, this. We fight yeah, go over ahead. those tennis courts right now because huh? no one uses them, but they want them for pickleball. Oh, is that right? And, and the handful of tennis players still left are like, <laughs> you know, vicious. They're like, these are our courts. And the pickleball people are like, but you're not using them. We're going to mark them up. Oh, how funny. It's lots of fun. My first tennis tournament was down there in the sixth grade, I think. Arizona has a new governor, Katie Hobbs. Um off to an interesting start. First of all, the administration is going to be the most left-wing administration in the governor's office ever, ever. Oh, look, the people she's bringing in are batty, crazy leftists. I mean, they are way out there. Yep. You're having – we're going to talk, I think, before the end here about some, some information put out by some of the folks from the ACLU of yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Um, but that office, by the way, is doing a lot to staff Katie Hobbs. And the ACLU, I am, you know, 20 years ago, a card-carrying member of the ACLU when they actually believed in the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Now they're the um, – American, you know, Union of Select Rights. They, yeah, they they've only... become what the ADL has become. Right. They don't, no, they're, they're, they're the mission a joke creep, now. Yeah, the mission creep has had them lose their mission. Well, they, they're, you know, th- this is an organization that wants an, an understanding. I'm Jewish like you. Um, they went out and defended, I think it was Pocatello, Idaho, yeah. defended the right of the Nazis oh, and to Skokie, go march. Illinois, yeah. famously. Skokie, yeah. Illinois, yeah. 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 So very famous case. Um, I think in Idaho, too, they actually yeah, defended sure. that. Um, and look, I, I mean... I or not the Nazis, the KKK, and I abhor the KKK, obviously. Um, but I admired the ACLU for defending their right to free speech because if you'll defend their right to free speech, then you'll defend mine all the way. I, I, you know, I, we we can argue that a little a little differently, and we'll put it on off to the side. I, I would not equivalent make equivalence <laughs> between your free speech and the KKK. That's oh, absolutely my only, no. Look, that's my only bad ideas, bad speech is necessary. Mm-hmm. Hate speech is actually a necessary part of society because if you don't have that speech, then those evil ideas fester in the darkest corners of society, and they're never outed and confronted. Speech is the light. Speech is the great. Uh, the great killer of evil. I want to debate that another time with you uh, because I do think that Article 4, Section 4 of our Constitution guarantees a certain outcome to that speech. 
and that it, it it establishes certain guardrails. But I will say this about the ACLU. When they weren't busy arguing for the rights of the KKK or the neo-Nazis, they were defending good speech. They were defending conservative speech, too. They've left all that aside. And they have become little more than another N-A-R-A-L. They have become little more than another progressive left-wing semi-Marxist activist but, but group. But to get back to, to the state capitol. Yes, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, let's go to the yeah, state sorry. capitol. So as of today, yes. Seth, um, the governor's man, the governor's office, the state capitol there is now COVID closed today. Yeah. Oh. oh, it's COVID closed today. Oh, interesting. Thank you, Katie. A lot Hobbs, of darkness over there. Who three years in still didn't open up the secretary of state's office and they had ground to an absolute halt, accomplishing nothing. Try to get your business licensing or any of that kind of stuff done. It's forever and a day. And. Now this is going to be the governor's office. I guess the the silver lining for Republicans is that the incompetence, laziness, and willingness to sit on their couch and remote not work works to our advantage. Well, it's symbolic of other darkness that is surrounding Katie Hobbs's early administration. First of all, no press and no media at all for her original well, swearing. Well, she in. giggled her way through it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You take a solemn sort of office with your hand on the Bible to swear to uphold the state and federal constitution and she's giggling her way through it. She has yeah. the giggles. Yeah. I mean, this is this is this is the start of something extremely different. Well, it's not just the start of something extremely different, Seth. It's the start of something extremely um, dangerous, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I hesitate to use that word because we throw around things like that in politics too much. But it is a serious but, job and she's but, not a serious, it's a serious person. serious job and she's not a serious right. person at all. Um, our state is at an inflection point. I think we all recognize that, that we can end up going down the path that California, New York, uh, you know, Washington have gone down or we can take a different path. The one we've been blazing under Doug Ducey and under Republican leadership, um, you know, whether you love everything they've done or not, I think we can all agree that – we have a pretty good tax code, and it's been getting better and better. We have a pretty good regulatory environment, and it's been getting better and better. People were moving here for a reason. People are moving here for a reason. The state has has grown economically tremendously for a reason. And Katie Hobbs puts all of that at risk. Freedom of school and education choice. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's already – her administration uh, – ACLU is one end of it, but the – Arizona Education Association, yep. the teachers union, is the other big supplier yep. to her administration. Yep. And she has already said she's going to do everything she can to end ESAs and end school choice in Arizona. And she absolutely will do it. Now, she's proving everything. Like I said before the election was over, she's proving every single thing she said on that campaign trail is a lie. Yeah, that's exactly right. Those ads meant nothing. And then this other interesting thing. Um, here's an opening sentence I didn't think I would ever read, but it's in the Arizona Republic online. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs' aides and allies have solicited donations of $250,000 from lobbyists, businesses, and other special interest groups to fund her inauguration events this week. The quarter of a million sum gets donors 25 seats, it's signed programs, and a special gift, and... It's all what we used to call dark money. I want you to say something about that when we come back, if that's Absolutely. okay, to talking about more veiled darkness from this administration. Not exactly uh, not exactly open government. Not exactly. No, no. I mean, you know, she, <laughs> yeah. she ran as Katie Transparency, transparency yeah. Democracy Hobbs, yeah. and her first 24 hours in office, there's no transparency and yeah. uh, democracy 
Yeah, yeah. come on. Her vision of transparency will be as true to her word as she walking on the border talking about border security. Right. We'll come back and talk about that. And then I do want to circle back to that big ACLU issue. It has big implications. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Sam Stone. By the way, host of his own radio show, also heard every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., uh, uh, Breaking Battlegrounds, yep. every 3 p.m. here at, on Saturdays at 9.60 a.m. Sam and I will be right back. Close foe, man. I'm just sitting here with Sam looking at this uh, continual vote, uh, the rounds they keep going through for the Speaker of the House. And when Hakeem Jeffries is getting 212 folks, remember, um, 218, 218, 218 gets the you, number, right? 218 no. gets you Speaker of the House. Uh, and, and we have an interesting thing here. Yeah. This vote, we have one who voted present. Yeah. Wow. Um, which suggests that you may have somebody who's already looking at that shift. Yeah. Um, and, and Hakeem Jeffries, if, if folks, if you think Nancy <laughs> yeah, Pelosi right, was bad, right, right, wait till you meet right. Hakeem Jeffries. Right, right. I mean, this guy is a BLM grifting hardcore leftist who makes her look like a moderate Republican. Yes, 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 yes. It's 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 not. Good. It's not good. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay, so Katie Hobbs' inaugural is soliciting $250,000 It's it's not just from one person. $250,000 from multiple people. The most expensive inauguration ever in Arizona was Ducey's last one at $273,000 total Total. for the inauguration. All transparent. And the ball. And it was all transparent. Everyone who donated to it was was listed and how much and all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, she is getting millions and millions of dollars in a dark money vehicle founded by her campaign manager. Now, remember, she Let was- Let me read the Arizona Republic, just in case people don't want to take Sam and Mai's word for it. I am quoting directly from AZ Central. Hobbs has not disclosed the donors and the amounts of their donations, breaking from precedent sent by every other Arizona governor and contradicting her campaign pledges of transparency. Instead, as you said, her campaign manager created an organization that can shield the sources of donation and dollar amounts from public disclosure indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Where's Terry Goddard when you need him? Well, and that's the funny thing, because Terry Goddard, you're referring to, he had a dark money yep. bill up that did pass yep. and now will actually end up in court. But Katie Hobbs was a major supporter yep. of that initiative on the ballot. You so bet. here's a ballot initiative that she was 100 percent behind. Now, she has violated not merely the spirit, but the letter of that law before even actually being sworn into office. So if that tells you how honest Katie Hobbs is going to be about her administration, I, it should. I mean, it should tell you we're going to just be fed. We're, we're going to be treated. Arizona, you are about to get the mushroom treatment. You're going to be kept in the dark and fed the you-know-what from yep. this administration yep. for four years. And it's probably going to be much like the Biden administration where she's going to be more figurehead than anything else. I think it is this. Katie Hobbs this is, is going to be a great example of personnel as policy. Katie Hobbs is not a high IQ impact right. person. Right. So, yes, it's going to be like Biden where it's her staff and her staff, as we've been talking about, is extreme in the extreme. Mm-hmm. And so 
the policies coming out of this, and they're going to try to govern because they don't have the legislature. They're going to yeah. try to govern with executive agency. And secrecy. And secrecy. Lack of transparency. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about this other thing, this ACOU push, because this, this is a big deal. And, you know, only someone like you, Sam, is, is really able to understand all, all corners of it. Yeah. So this is really interesting. This morning, David Lujan, who's uh, ACLU of Arizona, I forget his title, but he's he's big with them tweeted out a chart, and and he tweeted, now that massive tax cuts for the rich have gone into effect. Okay, well, Arizona didn't pass massive tax cuts for the rich. We just passed an across-the-board tax cut. It's a 2.5% flat tax. Everyone pays the same 2.5%. So let's... let's, We could write it up saying uh, tax cut for the poor. Yeah. Um, Arizona has one of the most, according to him, Arizona has one of the most regressive tax codes in the nation. Families with income in the lowest 20% pay twice what families in the top 1% do as a percentage of their income. And he's got a chart with it. Here's the thing. You could do this with the progressive taxes, too, that they propose. You yeah, could this is from, could play that game. This came out from the Center for Arizona yeah. Progress, far-left thing. But here's what bothers me about this. This is schadenfreude, mm-hmm. Seth. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is absolute this – this goes beyond gaslighting because mm-hmm. here's the deal. As he refers to inaccurately in his tweet, the Arizona state tax is a flat 2.5%. You, me, everyone else pays the same 2.5% of our income. Now, actually, if you're in the bottom, you're going to get a tax refund to right. throw most of that away. You're right. not even going to end you up You will never it. see a state tax. So you'll before. actually pay less in state taxes. But for everyone else, you're paying the exact same 2.5%. So why? And it's probably true. I don't actually dispute that poor people are probably paying a higher percentage of their taxes here in Arizona in or a higher percentage of their income in taxes than rich people because – this is now – this isn't a state tax issue. This is a local tax issue. This is sales tax and property tax, which are driven by the big blue cities, Phoenix, Tucson, Flagstaff. The highest tax rates are in those areas where they're controlled by Democrats. So Democrats have raised these taxes up that are harming the poor people the most, and they're trying to blame Republicans who passed a tax cut for everybody. For now, them. let me take the break and come back and talk to us about what this means with regard to housing. Yeah, I'm let's Seth do Leibson. it. and he is Sam Stone, candidate for city council, samstone.vote, and host of his own radio show, heard right here every Saturday at 3 p.m., breaking battlegrounds with his co-host, Chuck Warren. He and I all, Sam and I, will be right back. Portions of this show are brought to you by our good friends, Sam and I's both good friends at Y-Refi. They have an investment in a portfolio that is not correlated to the stock market. If stock market volatility is of a concern to you, they have a solution. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like, and no loss principle if you need your money back at any time. Time. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% rate of return. That's 10 and a quarter percent. A due diligence approved firm. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. Sam Stone is my guest, candidate for city council, host of his own radio show here every Saturday afternoon at 3. So we're talking about this, uh, this, this, this progressive push here um, that is going to have an effect also not just on, on taxes but on housing. Yeah, it's a huge effect on housing. So um, 
property tax and sales tax affect housing tremendously, right? Income tax affects everything to some degree. Um, but property tax and sales tax, obviously, when you're building a house, all of that product is taxed. All the all you know, any kind of building, right? All those building materials are taxed, and that's a huge amount of money that goes and it gets added into the cost of that housing. Mm-hmm. And say so, and so you have that, and then the property taxes. So these cities with high sales tax and high property tax that are at the same time complaining about a housing crisis are in many respects. Driving yeah, that housing that price. price up, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. yeah. So I mean, if you look at this, right? Uh, if if you look at this chart, and I'll, I, I don't even want to retweet David Lujan. I but, get it. But if if you look at the chart, it shows uh, low income Arizonans are paying about six percent of their total income in taxes versus high income Arizonans paying about three percent. Okay, right. Um, that extra three percent that they're paying is absolutely dedicated. It's from those two things. And when you translate that to the housing market, let's translate that to a 200, 250, call it 300,000 for rounding. Okay. Right? So what you're talking about there is that's an extra $9,000 in the cost of that house. Yep. Right? Yep. For a $300,000 house, that's an extra 9% on the cost of that house or $9,000 yep. on the cost of that house. Now look at the loan cost. Yep. You know, all that kind of thing. So that's really driving, helping drive this crisis. And these cities and counties that are doing this are flush with cash. The state has been flush with cash and Republicans who control the state have consistently returned as much of that money as they could to you, the taxpayer, through tax cuts. Our cities and counties are flush with cash and they are raising taxes every single year because there is a bottomless pit in their desire to tax and spend. And that is what this is. And they're making excuses. The ACLU of Arizona, David Lujan, the Arizona Center for Economic Progress, all these lefty organizations are making excuses for the greed and avarice of their own elected officials. Yeah, it's going to make everything more expensive for people here. We were talking a couple segments ago about, how, <clears throat> excuse me, about how Arizona has had an influx of uh, residents and people wanting to live here. This is going to drive us out again. It's going to drive yeah. people out. By the way, needing and requiring a raising of taxes as well, which will be a vicious cycle. Oh, it's it's, it's a devastation it's a never to our economy. Cycle yeah. when you start doing this no. and. Look at all these governments. They all rushed out. The state didn't – again, the state didn't do this. Under Doug Ducey and the Republicans, they did not. But all these other governments, including a lot of them like Maricopa Board of Supervisors who are theoretically run by Republicans, um, they went out during the COVID pandemic and took the two big rounds of COVID monies, um, CARES and ARPA. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the city of Phoenix, that amounted to I think in total it was about $1.6 billion dollars. That the city of Phoenix received, Maricopa County received more, uh, smaller cities obviously less, but it's a huge amount of money. They took those, which were one-time monies, and they went out and hired people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you get to the end of those one-time monies, and you still have this person on your payroll. And what they keep telling you, you actually see this in Phoenix. They will hire someone, and they'll say, oh, we're hiring them for a test program for one year, right? Yep. And then at the end of that year, of course, yeah. they're not firing them or letting them go. Nope. So they're raising taxes. Yep. And they just keep appropriating. Yeah. And appropriating. I, as far as I can tell, the big focus among Democrats on the local and municipal level 
is about employing other Democrats in those governments. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with doing right by the people. Yeah. Unbelievable. Sam, uh, remind everyone uh, where they can meet up with you if they want to help your candidacy this Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. out at Pecos Park uh, in Ahwatukee. Very easy to find right off the freeway. So if you, you've got a couple hours that morning, we're meeting at 9.30. We're done at 11.30. Uh, we're meeting at Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers afterwards to uh, you know grab a, grab a beer and a cheeseburger or whatever. First beer's on me. Uh, folks, Definitely come out and do this. We we have to hold our seat. This is Sal DeCicio's seat. He's yep. turned out. This he is our you. this is our he endorsed me. Mm-hmm. I'm his former chief of staff. This is the this is the thing for Phoenix. If if you replace Sal with the mayor's choice, who's the other candidate in this race, he was brought into it. He lives in Scottsdale. He's he rents a house. he rented a house and I would take you for this run that he's never moved into. Um if you replace Sal DeCicio with that guy, we're LA. Yeah. That's all there is to it, period, yep. because those are the policies Kate Gallego, the mayor, wants to implement, and he's he's a rubber stamp for her. Check out Sam's website at samstone.vote, too. Speaking about not becoming L.A., it is a hefty website on some great things, a master plan, vision for the community, cost reduction for services, public safety, homelessness. The homelessness plan is probably a model for the nation, quite frankly. It would be a model for Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. Let it be uh, implemented here. The only way you have a chance of that happening is if you elect Sam. So look for the ballots in your mail. It's an all-mail-in ballot election, yeah, and, and it's not run by, yeah, by the fe- usual February figures. 15th, ballots should yeah. start hitting mailboxes right about then. The counting will be done by the city clerk yeah. at the city of Phoenix. Yeah. So no machines and no Maricopa County. Yeah. Wonderful. Sam Stone, bless you, sir. Godspeed to you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. If I don't see you Saturday. I'm Seth Leibson. I'll come back with a final thought. Thank you. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Uh, We're going to have a... uh, Boy, we had a we had a big ride today. We did a lot today. Great to do it with you. Really, it means a ton to us. Sad news uh, to learn of uh, Russell Pierce's passing. Uh, he used to come in and out of the studio quite a bit. I think he had a weekend show here, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound right to you, Bill? Once upon a time, yeah. So uh, our hearts uh, and uh, and and best wishes and prayers go out to the Pierce family. Um, and as we um, as we uh, as we roll up our sleeves here, folks, uh, we have a lot, obviously, in front of us to battle. Sam Stone uh, highlighted a bunch of it having to do with our state coming down from uh, what they call the ninth floor, which is the governor's office at the state uh, at the state capitol grounds, uh, to what we've got going on with uh, the president and the Senate of the United States. All the more reason for us to um, wrap up our uh, wrap up our bandages wrap up our wounds and get our act together and uh, get on with the business of the one win we do have, which is uh, the, the House of Representatives, and get our speaker in there. Just remember the party that you're up against here. The party you're up against is the party of Cory Bush. It's the party of Cory Bush and racialism. It's the party of Ilan Omar. It's the party of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's the party of Rashida Tlaib. It is the party of Kamala Harris. It is the party of a neo-socialist and Marxist movement in this country that wants to see everything through the lens of race and everything through the lens of gender 
And if the gender itself won't do, then they believe, as man's second oldest faith, Whitaker Chambers reminded us, was that they can be as gods and even change that. Stand strong, bandage up the wounds that we've taken and inflicted on ourselves this week, and let's get to work. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I am Seth Liebson. Class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.